ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. We're in part two of our series called Sons and Daughters in Christ. And last week, I started the series by talking about a very important subject, which is that of identity. What, who are we? Who am I? That is a question um, that I think everybody's familiar with. And I, I share with you that we do it differently in the modern kind of American or the Western way, which is, we think, according to freedom. And, and, but there are really deep problems with this. And, uh, and today I want to shift gears. But really, it sounds like I'm talking about something different, but actually I'm not. Okay, I, That sounds a little strange. Today I want to talk about a blessing that we seek in our identity, a very, very important blessing that everybody seeks. Everybody seeks this thing called justification. What is that? Okay, and um, it's we live in a time now when um, when we we call it post-Christian, or some people call it a more secular society, and because of that, we've forgotten things. There are there are important things about being human that we don't really quite realize that we used to understand before when our our culture was a little bit more Christianized and had, had, um, had better biblical knowledge. Um, but today, it's, this issue of justification is incredibly important with respect to who we are in our identity. And so, actually, it, I, I know some of it, I'm, I'm gonna, it's like I'm, I'm talking about something else, but actually I'm not. In, in a funny way, when I was preparing this message, I was thinking, it's strange. I, I feel like I'm going to give the same message. In a way, I am. I'm going to give you, in, in a way, uh, 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 the same message, but the angle is different. Okay? And the angle is different, and I hope it's going to shed light on this question of who am I. And this is just, I'm, I'm taking you on a pathway in the sermon series to the deepest identity that we need that will unleash our deepest joy and our, and our deepest shalom and our fulfillment of who we are, who we are meant to be. And that is ultimately to be a son or a daughter of God through Jesus Christ. Um, but today, uh, on this pathway, there's a the very, very important issue with respect to identity that I want to talk about, and that's this issue of justification. Right? So, what the heck is justification? I'm going to tell you. 
And it's, a, it's not an easy passage, especially, you know, the, the, it was, I, this passage that I'm going to explicate today, Galatians chapter 2, it it's kind of, probably sounded a little strange when it was read out loud because we're jumping midstream into an issue and um, that, that is uh, expressed through this very profound book called Galatians. Um, it's, it's Paul's letter to the church of Galatia. And, um, and here he's talking about this issue of justification. And um, I'll do this in three parts. So don't worry, I'll, I'll give you the background. <laughs> I'm going to teach you about justification and then how it relates to us. A lot of modern people think going, that ju- isn't that like some kind of Christian-y or some kind of religious idea? Is it that, and I don't think it's relevant to me. It is absolutely relevant to you. It's relevant to everybody. It does not matter who you are, whether you're a Christian or you're an atheist. You're not, you have no idea what you believe in terms of, of, uh, of God or you know, all those religion-y kind of things, um, the question of justification is profoundly, deeply relevant. And uh, so let's get into it. In three parts, part one, justification through the law. Justification through the law. And I'm going to problematize that. That's what this passage is talking about, justification by works of the law. Part two, I'm going to explain to you... um, this thing that I'm going to call cursed by seeking justification through idolatry. Hmm. That's what I think is happening today. We seek justification through idolatry. Wow. In part three, the good news that there is a new identity by being justified by faith, not by works, justified by faith in Jesus Christ. So a new identity Justified by faith in Jesus Christ, okay? Let's get into this. Um, it, it, it's just a strange place, I know. To, it, it's just, it's just, it's just, uh, I mean, I could have, we, if I, if I want, if we, in order to do this properly, we'd have to really go back and, you know, um, I could read through chapter two and then you can, and then it won't be so strange that we're jumping in. We ourselves are Jews by birth <laughs> and not Gentile sinners. I mean, it's a strange way to jump in. Yet you know that here, here's, here's where it gets into it. Yet you, we know that it's we that are Christians. <laughs> we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus, right? But through faith in Jesus. Now, let's back up. There's an important problem that's happening in the Galatian church. And when Paul writes this letter, he's actually quite upset. So what, what happened was Paul, apparently he had gotten sick, and then he had been in Galatia, and then he had a chance, even though it wasn't quite a plan, to preach the gospel there. And he preached the gospel that you are, you are justified by faith in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. And it is something we receive wholly by grace. It isn't something you earn by a work. Uh, but, so then they heard this news. They said, so we don't do works? <laughs> and, then, and then instead Jesus did a work. And he did this work. And then because of that, we receive salvation wholly by grace. Wow, that's an incredible thing. And they came to faith. And they thought this was an amazing thing. But then later on, there was a problem. And here, and you're like, so 
I'm going to explain this problem, and to a lot of a lot of you, a lot of us in this kind of modern day, it's just going to sound like a really weird problem, because we don't take seriously the law of God, and the but yet these folks did, and especially so. What you have in this community, the Galatian church, you had some people who were Gentiles. In other words, they weren't, they didn't really know the law of God according to the Bible. You know, the law of Moses. The law of God is the law of Moses from the Old Testament. And so Gentiles don't practice those laws, and they don't know. But they became Christians by hearing the gospel. And some of the Christians were Jews. And Jews, well, they do practice the law because, well, they're Jews. They, have the, they receive this law of God. And what's going on in the Galatian church is there's a piece of confusion. And so Paul goes to, so what they began to do was they said, we're we receive salvation. Now, some of you are like, What's, okay, I'm getting a little bit lost because I don't know. I'm, I'm going to explain to you. So just, just hold on a minute. I'm going to explain to you what, what justification is. We receive salvation by believing in this thing called the gospel. And it was holy by grace. Some of the, the, the some teachers came in who were Jewish. And they said they were Christians. And, but they began to say, if you're really going to be a real Christian... You have to practice the Jewish laws too. You have to practice these laws. And so there was a controversy. Are you, do you have to get circumcised after you believe in Jesus? After you believe in Jesus, the gospel. And so there's teaching going on in the Galatian church that you do have to get circumcised in order to really be a Christian. And Paul says, heck no, that is wrong. If you do that, then you're going back and you're trying to say that the way we receive justification is through the law. The law of God, even. The Jewish law is the law of God. It was given by God. And if you follow this law, then you can be justified. Now, now let's now let's time for me to define it. What is justification? I, I, I said to you last week, um, I, I preached out this extraordinary verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, where Paul says, I consider this really small thing to be judged by you. <laughs> to be judged by you or any human court. Doesn't Remember, that's the way he put it. Hmm? Or any human court. And I asked you, could you say that? <laughs> and what I unpacked for you last week was that Paul is pushing back against kind of um, a view of identity that we're always before a human court. And you, do you know what? That all courts operate according to law. Do you know that? I mean, you don't have a court. You know, just there's a court and there's a series of laws. That, that they're the rules, the standards. Okay, today we don't tend to use the word law. We just tend to use the word standard. But that's the same difference, Okay. It's the same difference. A standard, a law, oh, so it's the, same, it's the same thing. And what is the question at stake when you're in a court? And, and obviously, I'm not talking about a legal court. Paul was just saying just a court. You're any kind of human court. And last week I said it could be the court, you know, any, you, the court of like, are you a good employee? And if you showed up dressed without, you know, dressed in your sweats, and you hadn't showered and you hadn't combed your hair, people will now judge you according to the law or the standards of being a good employee, and you're in court. <laughs> you showed up at work, and did you know that you're in court? You're now being judged by human court. The, you, you know what? You're, you're, when you show up at work, you're looking for a blessing. <laughs> 
the reason you don't do that is because if you wear your sweats and you don't shower and you don't comb your hair and you show up at a job, you fail the law of work. <laughs> you fail the law of your company. It's not on the wall. It's not, there's, no, there's, no, uh, there's no two tablets with the Ten Commandments of work. It's, it's just, it's like this, it's like a, it's a, but everybody knows there's laws. Everybody knows there's rules. There's a standard. And when you show up at work, you're looking for a blessing. And you know what that blessing is? Justification. That's what you're looking for. In, in, your, in being a human being, you're going to say, okay, this is the court of work. I'm going to show up there, and there's a law. And you know what? I'll follow those laws. That's why I showered. That's why I dress properly. And I present myself, and those are part of the laws. As soon as you get there, and then you work really well according to the, all the things your company expects, at the end of the day, you know what they say? Other, all the important people in the company, including everybody, right down from the, the, the bosses, and then, and then, and then you know, maybe the janitor. But the janitor doesn't actually have the, you know, you guys know, he's not, he's not the boss. It's usually the bosses and the people that really matter, and it's even your coworkers, because your coworkers get to judge uh, are part of the court, too. Then they get to pronounce that you are, I know this is going to sound strange, righteous. <laughs> that you are righteous in the company. And then you know what they do? In your job reviews, they say good things about you. And then when it comes time to whether who gets promoted or not, you get promoted. Why? Because you are righteous according to the law. Now, what does that have to do with Circumcision. Pastor, what the heck are you talking about? That's what the, the passage, there is, a, there is an, a, a deep issue that's happening here. What is, are you justified now by grace through faith in Jesus Christ? Or do you have to believe in Jesus and then you do all the rules? And what's, that's the controversy that's happening in the Galatian church. And the Galatian churches, the Jewish Christians came and said, we have a law, and it's not just some law about work. It's God's law. It's the law. And in order to do the law, you better be circumcised. Because we read it, right? This, you know, it's in the Old Testament, you've got to read this. So you have to, you can believe in Jesus, of course, that's good, and that's right. And we need to be circumcised. And Paul's like saying, no, 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 no. That's not the way it works. You know what justification is? It's a judgment. Justification is the good judgment. That's really all. You want to know what justification is? It's a judgment that you're righteous. That's all it is. It's the court, the rightful people who, have the, who, have, who can give a judgment. And they make a pronouncement on you that you are righteous according to the law. Now, we don't use that word righteous. You know, the, we tend to use a different word, but it's really the same difference. Functionally, as a human being, is the same difference. And that is, we have worth. I said last week, everybody who has, has um, identity, we want to know, one, who the heck am I? And then two, do we have worth? Am I a good person? Every human being, every day you wake up, you want that pronouncement upon you. You want the people around you. You go into the court of human life. And every the realm of human life has their laws. And then 
we want to say, do you, do you handle those laws right? <laughs> and if you don't, you know what happens? <laughs> There's a judgment, and it's not justification. It's condemnation. <laughs> you know, what the op- that's the opposite of justification is condemnation. So if you show up at work and you fail the laws of work and your boss calls you in and says, what the heck do you think you're doing? You know what's happening? Condemnation's happening because you just failed the human court. But Actually, and this is the part that's uh, difficult, because nowadays we like to think, well, there's no ultimate law. There's just, well, of course we got to have laws. Pastor, what the heck are you talking about? Every place has to have some standards, like work. Work or athletics or, but, you know, and so there's, and of course we, we can either make it or not make it. <laughs> right? That's just the way it's got to be. And so, but there's no ultimate law, <laughs> There's no ultimate law. That's why we're relativists. You know, to today it's like you, we, don't, we, don't even, we don't take this idea of justification seriously because we think, you know, we're relativists. There's no ultimate law of God. So all we just have is just a lot of little lesser laws, right? But what I want to teach you is something important. Something that Paul sees in the biggest law of all, the law of God, it functions in every law. That's what I'm trying to teach you. Everybody wakes up and you want the pronouncement, you're good. You have worth. Your person has worth. So what happened back then was this. So in the, inside the church, certain Jewish Christians are saying, you got to do the circumcision and you have to do all the laws. And then what Paul says is, he tells a story before we get to this passage here in verse 15, that I had, be, you know, I, I, I had become a Christian, and then I went to go meet all the other, um, um, all the other leaders, and then he just, I mean, he names all the big, the big guys, right? James and John and Peter. I mean, he, he goes like, and I wanted to go see, this is the gospel that I knew, did it match with them? And they began to realize, oh, you were called by God to preach to the Gentiles, we'll preach to the Jews, and he says, they gave me the right hand of fellowship. They recognized me as an apostle. And then we, we both went to go do our work, spreading the gospel. And then something interesting happened. Peter, he was up with all the other Gentiles in, in, this, in the city of Antioch, in the church of Antioch. And when he was with the church of Antioch, Peter realized we don't have to follow all the laws anymore because the Holy Spirit actually came to him and says, no, those laws, that's not how you'll be justified before God. That's not how you will be pronounced righteous or have worth before God. So stop, you don't have to follow those laws. So Peter began to eat all the stuff you're not supposed to eat when you fear a Jew. Peter was, in Antioch, Peter's, Peter's eating pork. <laughs> He's like, give me the bacon. He's sitting there with all the Gentiles eating it because you're not supposed to have table fellowship with Gentiles if you're a Jew because they eat wrong things. They don't, they're not, they don't ritually clean themselves properly. They eat the wrong things. And Peter's sitting there right there with all the Gentile Christians eating the pork. But then some guys came from the Jerusalem church, which is pastored by James, Jesus' brother. And then when those Jewish guys showed up, all of a sudden, Peter goes like, whoa, they're going to think that I'm a bad person. So, and he went back to being Jewish. <laughs> so then he left the table fellowship, and Paul was there, and he said, whoa, whoa, what the heck? So Paul got up, and he gets right into Peter's face. <laughs> the Peter. 
Peter, who spent three years with Jesus, Paul didn't get to walk with three years with Jesus. So Paul goes, what the heck do you think you're doing? We are not justified before God. We don't receive the worth. Because we followed all the laws, we did it wholly by faith. It's just because we believe and is by grace. So he says, a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. This is the way it was, that whether you're a Jew or whether you're a Gentile, this is the pathway. And so he got into Peter's face, and, so, and then Peter said, you know what, you're right. And then Peter repented, and then uh, I imagine he apologized to all the Gentile Christians and for all the confusion. And now here he is in the Galatian church, it's happening. And um, this, is, this is the issue that he's going for. That every day we wake up and we're looking to be justified. <laughs> but what do we typically tend to look to be justified by? By a law, <laughs> by a set of rules. Now, um, and Paul is saying, absolutely, if you seek justification by the law, here he says, um, in order to be justified, because by, he says, uh, we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith, <laughs> not, by works in, not by works of the law. And then here, I want you to catch this last portion of verse 16, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. No one gets a pronouncement. Now, let's shift gears. Okay, let me go to part two. This is what is going on here. This, everybody seeks justification. And here we have a controversy about justification of the law. But now some of you are thinking, like, what does that have to do? I, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in... And come on, pastor, get, get real here now. Right? Get real here. We all have to have some rules and some standards. And so whether it's work or something else, you know, athletics, I mean, like you can't just not work out. You can't practice. You can't be on the football team if you don't know the plays. If you can't catch a ball, you have to, like, those are the rules. Listen to the coach. Do the off-season workout. Be healthy. Know the plays. Follow the quarterback. All this other stuff. Those are the standards. And if you know, obviously you can't do it. And you get kicked off the team, right? Because then you receive condemnation, not justification. Um, last week, um, almost everybody under this uh, this question of justification by the law. It's something that almost every culture understood before, <laughs> because every culture understood that you can't just have little laws with small L's. That ultimately, as a human being, deep down. We want an ultimate justification. We want an ultimate pronouncement that we're good and not to be condemned. And so, and everybody recognize that somebody else <laughs> who is worthy gets to say this to you, right? I mean, it, we even know that. We American, modern, secular folks know that. If you want to be on the football team, you don't get to say, I tell myself, <laughs> I'm good enough to be on the football. Of course not. The people who are good at football get to tell you whether you're on the team. The coach gets to tell you. The other good players get to tell you. This is why, like, the greatest players of all time, they get together, you know, when they have the Hall of Fame. 
You know, who's in the Hall of Fame? All the greatest players and all the greatest coaches get together and they honor the best of the best because they get to make that pronouncement. They get to make that pronouncement. But um, one pathway was, how do we get our identity? Well, we look outward and other people get to tell us. Well, we don't like this because if other good people get to tell us, then we get to be pushed around by them, right? And we don't feel free. But the modern way we saw it was, I get to tell myself. I don't listen to other people to tell me who I am. I'm free to choose who I get to be. This is modern identity, remember? I get to choose who I get to be. Ah. But while you're choosing who you get to be, you know what you're doing? You're just saying, I get to choose which law I obey. And then you're saying... I don't need the law of God to tell me I'm a good person. What you're going to do instead is you're going to seek some other law. And that other law will now get to pronounce justification upon you. And, not, and that's not just, but you're going to say, if I make the football team, <laughs> well, that's just about football. Uh, is it? What if your identity is to be a football player? If your very identity is to be a football player, that law now is not just a law in football, this little realm of sports. It's a law of your identity. It's about you. And you know what you're doing? There's like, there's a, maybe 10 different guys try out for the football team. And, and for nine of them, it's just football. It's just the rules of football. It's not the law of God. It's just the standards and law of football. And if you don't make, you know, like, you know, they, they try out for the team and five of them don't make it. And five of them do make it. The five guys who don't make it, they're, you know, they're like disappointed. Maybe they're a little hurt. But they're like, I'll try next year. Or I'll just try baseball instead. <laughs> or I'll just, you know, or maybe I'm not a good athlete. I'll be an artist. And that's just, and it's just okay because that's okay. <laughs> But for you, if being a football player is your identity, and then they cut you, and then they cut you, now it's not just a disappointment. It's like death. It's like death. It's like, it's like an ultimate condemnation. I said to you this, um, this quote from this famous... Um, this famous author last week, he's not even a Christian. His name is David Foster Wallace. And he said to you, he said, this is one of the strange, he, he was offering the secret to a bunch of graduates at Kenyon College. He said, one of the, this is weird, but one of the things about adult life is nobody is an atheist. That's the way he put it. Actually, nobody is an atheist. Why? Because we all worship. But we think because identity is based upon me. I'm free to be, you know, we just get to choose what we worship. But as soon as you choose what you worship, if you worship football, guess what? Football will now be your God because whatever you worship gets to say who you are. Identity building, so let me just say to you, what I choose to build my identity upon, that's worship. That's not just one hobby in your life. That's worship. And whoever, whatever that is, that gets to be your God. And that will set the law, and now football will be 
the law of God <laughs> because football's your God. And you know what you're going to seek every day when you show up at practice or games? If you drop that pass at that most important moment and you don't catch a touchdown, the God of football will tell you you suck. <laughs> and you'll end up in hell. It's just that there's no fire. <laughs> it's just the fire is burning inside. <laughs> the fire is burning inside. And it's the voice of the God of football, except it's you. <laughs> That's the strange thing. There's you, the football player. Oh, I went out there. Oops, I dropped the cat. Pass. And then there's you, the judge, because you think you're following yourself, building your identity on yourself. But actually, that self, who's the judge, guess what? He follows a bigger God. That's the God of football. And that God has laws. <laughs> and you're seeking to be justified by works under those laws. Catch the ball at the right exact moment. And then when you fail, it's not just a failure as a football player. You failed as a human being. Because this is your identity. This is who you are. Um... I know I'm talking about football. Let me, let me share with you a little bit of a personal story. You know, I, this, um, this, is, this is the blindness of seeking justification by works. It doesn't matter whether you're seeking works of the law of God or the law of something else. If you choose not having God as your God, something else you will worship. Your identity has to be built on something. Whatever you build your identity upon, that will be your God. That's what you'll worship, and it'll have a law, and it'll demand its works. And if you fail it, you won't receive justification. You won't get the good judgment. You'll be cast off into hell. And you want to know why there's so much depression and anger and addiction and all these things going on? It's because there's so many people in hell. We think we're free because we don't have God. We're just turning life into a little piece of hell. We think we're going to get, if we just get that other, if we just achieve it. And I know this is a controversial, but this is um, the problem with uh, all religion by works. <laughs> They're all going to have a law. Every other religion, besides Christianity, is based upon religion by works of the law. You know, if uh, the Buddhism, it's like, you know, there's a, a, a certain pathway. And then there, there's the five pillars in Islam. And Jews, too. It's, that's, that's, that's the crazy part of it. They actually do have a law given by God, and I know that's going to create a little bit of an intellectual question, but I'm, I can't adjust that, um, address that today. But even the law of God, salvation is given to us by grace. Um, Oh, let, me, let, let me do it this way. Let me go to part three of my message, and I'll tell you my story. Um, there's a new identity. We always have to have a new identity. You know, the Bible passages, he says, he says this. He says, nobody's justified by works of the law. But then he says this, verse 19. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. Not live to the law, which is living for myself. But not by works, but by faith. And by faith in what Christ has done, not what I do. And 
If I believe that, then I'll live to God. And then he goes on to say this. Verse 20. This is such an important verse. For I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Um, let me tell you a story. Um, I know this curse very, very well. I told you, if you seek justification by works through the law of a God, which is not true God, it'll kill you. The way um, David Foster Wallace put it was, uh, if you don't worship some kind of spiritual thing, it'll eat you alive. That's why he said it. I found this out the hard way. Um, I grew up in a family where my parents were devout Christians. And, um, and I went to church, and I heard about Jesus. And uh, actually, you know, my church, my church kind of stunk. They didn't tell me the gospel until I was 11 years old, okay? So I was like, I never heard the gospel until I was 11 years old. At least I didn't think, I, I don't remember ever being taught the gospel. And when I first heard the gospel, I thought it was astounding. And, and I came to faith in Jesus. I was 11. But, and so then I wanted to be a good Christian, and so then, I, you know, I, you know I, I tried to, I grew up learning the Bible, all that other stuff. But what I didn't realize was actually I was still trying to build my identity on me. <laughs> and so I knew there was this thing called the law of God, and I would try to follow those things, and then I tried to, you know, be a good Christian and go to church, and of course I believe in Jesus. But in school and in life, I was trying to build my life on an identity that I chose because I'm a free American. I don't have to, like, let my parents. And I told you that story last week that um, my parents said, you know, we, we get to help shape your identity. And then, you know, of course, they said, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, you know, they said, you should be a doctor. And I, I bought into that. And, and so all throughout my boyhood from the age of six, seven, when I started thinking, the oh, doctor sounds good. And then I said, oh, I'm going to do it. And then I want to do this. And then, since I was young, this dream started to apply. And this is my dream. Nobody made, I mean, I, I think it's my dream anyway, even though, of course, my parents kind of manipulated me to think it's my dream, all right? But it's really, I think it's my dream. And what happened is I started to think about a life that I get to build, and I didn't realize it, but I'm building an identity. And so, and in the, in the middle piece was, so this is what we do. We create a story, and that story is going to be our little heaven, and then we're going to form who we are, an identity on the basis of this thing, and I'm in charge, right? That's what we think. And I was doing this. Now, some of you are not, like, uh, as crazy as me. Some of you are. Maybe some of you are crazier than me. But, like, this is the way I did it. I'm going to have a great life, and I'm going to have a perfect life. And I'm a disciplined person, and I'm smart. I'm smart, I work hard, I'm disciplined, I'm not lazy, I'm going to make this happen. <laughs> and so, I'm going to become a doctor, I'm going to be a really good doctor, I mean, I'm going to be an awesome doctor, I'm going to heal lots of people and they're going to love me, I'm going to save lives. And I'm, the, I'm going to not just be a doctor, I'm going to have gone to the best schools and I'm going to be, I, back then, at first I thought I was going to be a heart surgeon and then, I, and then I broke my wrist and I thought I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon instead. And so I'm, I'm going to be a really good doctor, and I'll be a really good human being and, 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 and healing and make a great difference in the world. And, of course, I'll make really good money. 
And I'll have really good degrees. And, of course, some really hot babe will think I'm great. And I'll fall in love with her, and she'll fall in love with me. And then we're going to have awesome kids. <laughs> and then we're going to raise awesome kids, and then they're going to get awesome degrees. <laughs> like, one is going to play baseball, and one will, will be a surgeon, and one will probably be like a great missionary or something like this. And that will be a great life. Except the problem is, the identity is all about me, even though I think I'm a Christian. And I didn't realize it. Every day I'm waking up, I'm seeking justification by works, not by faith. So in my teenage years, step one to the heavenly plan of the identity built upon me was getting to the best school. You guys all know what this is like. So usually there's first get into the best school, then get the great career, then get the babe for the wife, then get the perfect kids, right? All of them have laws. And if any one of them is your identity, so the first step one for me, get into the best school. I decided that Stanford was a better school than Harvard because Stanford has Stanford Medical School I mean, what the heck do you know? Like, I'm in seventh grade. I thought, I thought Stanford was better than Harvard because Stanford has the medical school. I read an article about this heart surgeon named Norman Shumway. I mean, that's how... I'm in seventh grade. I'm reading articles about heart surgery, okay? That's, just think about who, who, who this stupid person is, okay? But it's, it's kind of a beautiful kid, but a stupid kid at the same time, right? And I read this article, and he's world-renowned heart surgeon at Stanford Medical School. And somewhere in seventh grade, I decided that was the school for me. I'd never been to the school. I know nothing else about it except that Norman Shumway was the guy. Around 10th or 11th grade, one of my friends in high school had to do some type of a project. We got into his car, and he had to visit Stanford. I had never seen it. We jumped into his car. He said, you want to go to Stanford with me? I was like, sure. That sounds fun. And we get in his car, and, we, and I drove down Palm Drive... And I, it was spectacular. I was, it was like the gates of heaven. I drove down this thing, and I was like, this is, I've, like, I've come home. It was crazy. It was crazy, okay? Tenth grade, it was crazy. I was like, wow, I've got to come here. Do you think that was good motivation for the law of academics? So now, the law of academics. So I think I'm running my own life. I'm building my own identity, <laughs> right? Wrong. This little blind person, who is a Christian, I go to church and I get some joy at church, but my, the real joy where I'm looking for real joy, the real justification, is showing up every... It's like, you know, at, at, at work, we call it review period, except in academics, it's called report card. <laughs> it's every midterm every final, and the transcript is your final justification. Actually, the ultimate justification is whether that school lets you in. And so, every day, I wake up. I think, I, I think my junior year, I averaged four hours of sleep a night, and then another 30 minutes in history class. <laughs> my history teacher was really easy. <laughs> so I just said, I'll just sleep in history, and I'll sleep four hours at night, 
and I'll play an hour and a half of violin, and I'll rock my classes. And of course, the easy classes, I won't pay attention to the hard classes. I will work so hard, even though I might not get an A, I'll get the A. And of course, I'll work really hard. In, the, in my free time, I learned the vocabulary words to get the, the SAT score. And then I got into Stanford. <laughs> and then I went off to Stanford. You know what happened? I was so happy when I got into Stanford. You know why? Because the God justified me. The God, the judge, was Stanford. And when they sent me that letter to say, you, you can come, I was justified. And it was great. And then they said, and then I actually showed up to my God. <laughs> and then you know what he said? He said, get on the next treadmill. <laughs> Do it all over again for medical school. <laughs> and I was, and I, that's when I started saying, this thing is eating me alive. That's when I realized, this ain't it. And at first, it's really weird. I first started to use God. I would get down on my knees. God, help me through this next midterm because if I don't get this, I ain't going to make it in the med school. And you know what God did? He let me fail the midterms. Why? Because he hates me? No. He says, don't you know, Susan? You're not justified by your works. You're justified by faith in Jesus alone, by grace. You can't be a free new person. You know, this is, there was a, this is identity on the outside. You know, we're outward looking at other people's opinions. And then, oh, I'm just going to listen to myself. But the self is an enslave, is a slave. If you let some idol, if you follow the law of the idol and you seek a justification by the law of the idol, you will just be a slave and it will destroy you. But Jesus went to the cross so that we can say this, I have been crucified with Christ. The I, it is not I who live. This is really weird. The me, the me who is the, the academic slave and the me who is like the horrible judge but who's really just a slave to the God of Stanford, all those have been crucified with Christ and they die with Jesus so that Jesus can put all that away and said, these laws, these, none of those can be the law of God. They're just little laws. <laughs> some of them you can obey, some you don't have to obey. But none of them will you build your identity. There'll be a new self. Only if you do it by faith, by meeting Christ. And only letting him be the deepest definer of your identity. And you know what? He's the kindest there is, the most forgiving there is, and the deepest and wisest there is. And the one who is worthy of your deepest obedience and submission. And then flowing from him is the only righteousness, the only worth, and the only justification that really matters. Let's pray. We, uh, we say we're Christians, 
Lord Jesus, but at the end of the day, we're, we're so unfaithful. We, uh, we're unto you. And then, and then on Monday morning, we turn to the other God and bow down his law, or its law. And it's destroying us. They're like a demon cursing us, condemning us. It's, it's, it's so crazy. It's like constant condemnation is the motivation to work harder. It's like achievement. It's like we don't even call it works. We call it achievement or we call it performance. Identity by performance. Identity by achievement. But it only leads to death and condemnation. This exhausting treadmill where the gun of condemnation is pointed to our heads and fear and worry is all we have in our life, fear. If I lose, oh, if I lose the good pronouncement upon myself, then everything will be lost and I'll be nothing. And yet, you promise that in you, that if we run to you, if we allow this enslaved self and all its horrible Idols to be crucified with you, that only in you there could be a whole new life where work is just work and it can be good. School is just school and it can be good. Not our God, which will destroy us and be horrible. Lord Jesus, forgive us. Forgive us. We, 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 we say we belong to you and then we run away from you and run to other gods. We say that our identity is built upon you, but then we then constantly turn to our own lordship and then we allow the other gods to destroy us again. But you forgive us 70 times 7. And if we come to you, you will crucify this old self and a new self, a new identity can emerge with you in which we're free. And we become a new person, a more beautiful person, one that has life flowing inside, not death. One that is running by love and by freedom and by peace, not by fear, constant fear, Lord, and not by delusion. So forgive us, help us to repent. Help us to repent today. Help us to repent tomorrow. Help us to live the life of repentance and faith and belief and be free in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship.